Hello and welcome to the show. This week I was a guest on the Joe Mobley Show. We talked about the recent video I put together on the study behind the common media claim that mass shootings are a uniquely American problem. The study is extremely flawed, but of course... Most media outlets will reference it uncritically anyway. If you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out the Joe Mobley Show using the links in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy. We are still talking guns. It's no surprise because guns is at the top of the debate. Uh, Not the inconvenient fact about guns like people trying to sneak in the uh, U.S. Supreme Court justices' homes and murder them with firearms, but all of the inconvenient facts about firearms, that's... uh, Uh, That's stuff that you're not going to see on the media, which is why content creators like myself and our guests are rising to the forefront. Guys, we're talking firearms. We're talking we're debunking uh, a study that should have been debunked. I mean, you know, if the media, if fact checkers did anything, they took their job seriously at all. A study that really shouldn't have uh, risen to notoriety. We're going to be talking that and more with our guest, Matt Christensen. And it all starts right now. Matt, how are you, my, my friend? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. I almost said my dude. Uh, we did not <laughs> go to high school together. You are not my dude. My is that the rule? <laughs> is that the rule for the term? I, I didn't know. But I, you I know, was, I'm fine being a dude, too. It's up to you. This is the, the back... Uh, the backstage info. I was like a skater boy in high school in Virginia Beach. Like had a big fro, bought Marley shirts, joined the club. Yeah, yeah. So those are my dudes. <laughs> you <Got> are. Just- <laughs> well, I could have skateboarded with you in high school. I can't do it. I mean, I can push around now, but that is a young man's yeah. sport, and I, uh, oh, I yeah. like what's left of my ankles. I like what's left of my knees, so I don't, I don't skateboard anymore. <laughs> my my ankles are done. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm a huge fan of yours, but for if somehow I've got some listening audience that doesn't know who uh, this uh, famous white supremacist over here is, <laughs> of course, I, I speak in jest. Uh, tell us who you are and about your channel, which is linked below wherever you're watching or listening. Sure. Uh, I uh, I do my own uh, short YouTube videos twice weekly. I do a live stream on Sunday nights, and I'm talking politics, news, culture from... Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of labels, um, but, you know, uh, I suppose a constitutional conservative or libertarian perspective. I just trying to uphold what's left of the founding values of this country and and trying to separate what's true and what's false in a, a media environment that uh, doesn't seem much interested in that. So that's what I'm doing on a weekly basis. And uh, if you're interested in finding my stuff, it's all at mattchristensenmedia.com. It's a difficult last name to spell. But it's Christian like the religion, S-E-N, madchristiansandmedia.com. It's not difficult to click, guys. The link is literally below. Like You Appreciate can see his that. face. Go under it. You can click on the link. Uh, yeah. Follow him on social media. Also, watch the video that we're going to be talking about. The video is 17 minutes, guys. We're not watching it. Um, but you should watch it. And I'm one of those guys. I, I listen to people on 1.5, 1. 1.75. Mm. Uh, you don't get to quite Shapiro fast. But <laughs> I actually walked in on my wife listening to my podcast on 1.5. I was like, what the heck is that? Uh, yeah. So that was interesting. Um, but guys, this is, this is the video um, that we're talking about. And it I think it's hilarious, but it's so fact-based. It's, it's funny, too, because guys like us are, you know, citizen journalists or whatever. It's like, we shouldn't be journalists. We're like, we're like YouTubers. But but the problem is journalists don't do journalism anymore. So 
Uh, so here we are. Um, but the video's claims U.S. leads the world in mass shootings are based on one bunk study. Ignore evidence otherwise. Um, so again, it's linked below. I'm sure Matt doesn't want to look at a picture of his talking head, so we'll put that away. Um, but this is this is the the almost infamous now, uh, you know, lot study versus uh, what's his face, Adam Lankford. Yeah, and. Adam Lankford's a clown. We know it. You know it. I know it. But talk to us a little bit about the study, what you found when you were kind of comparing the two. Yeah, well, it, it, you uh, mentioned debunking in your intro there. And that's what's frustrating about the battle between these two. And I wasn't really familiar with either of them until a listener of mine sent me Lankford's study. And the frustrating thing about Lankford's study... It's air quotes for study. It's, it's highly flawed. Yeah, as you've mentioned, and as I'm sure we'll discuss... But, um, you know, it's frustrating that, that we don't have media challenging that particular study. We, we have media completely ignoring a thorough debunking done by John Lott, as you referenced. So to back up a little bit, I'm sure if you're looking at any kind of major news source, you've seen some claim to the effect of mass shootings are a uniquely U.S. or American problem. There was this viral moment where a British reporter approached Ted Cruz and asked him, uh, why is this only happening in America? And Ted Cruz kind of rejected the premise and walked away. And uh, all sorts of media outlets wanted to make Ted look like a moron. But the articles written about that granted the premise. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is an American phenomenon. This is not something that happens internationally. You dig into that if you... First of all, in a lot of stories, you won't even find a citation. It's just one of those premises that it's just it's just true. You just accept it as true. But if you do find a citation, the one you almost always find. In fact, I've, I've dug a little bit. I have not seen a citation otherwise. Exclusively, the citation that I see is the study from Lankford that you reference. And Adam Lankford is a uh, University of Alabama criminologist. And he did a study that was published 2015, 2016. And uh, you're right, it deserves air quotes around study because it's highly <laughs> methodologically and analytically flawed. He uh, he used primarily data from the NYPD and he supplemented a little bit with uh, FBI data. And he looked at 1966 to 2012. And, and according to his definition of mass shooting, which was four or more dead in a public place in a non-terroristic event, and we can dispute around the edge like i don't understand why non-terroristic events why you would define it that way but okay you that's hey, your look, definition if the terrorist goes into a school and kills everyone it's fine it's, it's yeah not thank it's god terrorism. it's not a terrorist doing that yeah. uh, whatever but okay so that's the definition he uses that he searches through the nypd data he finds something like 192 events fitting this criteria uh okay i mean oh and his conclusion is a third of the mass shootings globally in that time frame, 66 to 2012, were in the United States, which would be hugely disproportionate because we're not a third of the global population, obviously. Uh, and and you look at that and you think, OK, I mean, it, it would be as alarming as, say, 13 percent of the population committing 90 percent of the violent crimes. It, it would be staggeringly it alarming. 90 percent now. Are we up to 90 percent of violent crime? Yeah, Is it uh, well, may, I, I might be thinking just 2020 data I'm ah. referencing here. Of course, uh, Got you it. know, just wow. just a couple of white nationalists kicking the crime ball back and forth. Got it. Yeah. Uh, OK, so so you, you read Lot's study and I looked at it. You think like, OK, I guess I guess that's uh, maybe I, I don't know. Um, of course, to evaluate, you want to look at the events that he's counting. What is he counting? What is he not counting? How is he reaching these numbers? 
he wouldn't share them. They were not included in the study. Uh, you couldn't evaluate them for themselves. You just oh, had to we, look at his. We, we don't want to see the sources. We, yeah. we just referenced the study to fact check the study. Right. That's not how you do it. So for years, Langford would not share the data. Uh, this is constantly being cited by media. You can't actually evaluate the data for yourself. You can now, but for years, 2016 and onward, you couldn't. In the meantime, he did give his data to the New York Times in 2017 to publish a whole bunch, uh, a whole bunch of graphics. So you can look at all these charts that they made. But again, you can't see the actual raw numbers that were used to make the charts. You just see the lines that they draw to tell you that, look how many there are in the U.S., but not elsewhere. Okay, so along comes John Lott, uh, as you described. And John Lott is a, a researcher at, um, uh, he has his own uh his own organization called the crime, crime prevention. Crime yeah. yeah uh, crime prevention research center. And he, uh, he, he, he had been asking Adam Langford for the data for years. Cause he's full disclosure. John uh, Lott is uh, like a gun rights advocate type guy, but he's interested in the truth and he's interested in the data from what I gather. I don't know him personally, but reading his work, that seems to be the case. Um, so he asks Langford for the data for years. Langford refuses. will not show him the data. So John Lott thinks, okay, well, the best I can do is, I guess, try to recreate uh, what you've created and assess its validity that way. So he uses a similar definition to Langford. He does include terrorism events. Uh, he went to the University of Maryland's global terrorism database, which is, uh, this is the interesting thing about Langford's original study. He said that the data he had were, the word he used, I think, were com was complete, either complete or comprehensive. Yeah. Can't remember. Um and uh, so Lot goes to a different data set, the University of Maryland's Global Terrorism Database, which is apparently much closer I've to, quote unquote. Got some of that for us to look at. Yeah, complete. And, um, <laughs> and Lot Wait, didn't... Wait, it wasn't complete? Yeah, Lot didn't find uh, 192 events or whatever Langford's number was. He found, he looked at 98 to 2012, and he found, I forget what the exact number is, or I guess you've got it here, 1491. potentially. 1491. Yeah, almost 1,500 events in uh, 14 or 15 years. And and Langford was claiming there are only a few hundred events over the course of 30 or 40. So clearly, we weren't looking at complete data. And when, and when Lot looks at what events are happening where, again, definition being four or more dead in a public place, potentially with a terroristic motive in, in his case, uh, you're looking at something like 3% of the mass shootings globally being in the United States, which is roughly parallel with our, our percentage of the global population. In fact, it's a little under, we're like four or 5% of the global mm -hmm. population. And um, so looking at, at a much broader, a much broader set of information, Lot was able to show that, that this claim that we're disproportionately, uh, experiencing mass shootings in the U.S. is, is if not false, highly questionable. So then Lankford comes back and has <laughs> a, just a ridiculous response, at least in my opinion. Uh, he says that, well, yeah, if you look at Lot's data, uh, th th but he, he has identified so many more instances, but they're instances of mass shootings committed by more than one shooter. And we all know <laughs> that mass shootings are definitionally only committed by one shooter, which... Uh, no, we don't all know that if you look. So Langford in this study, which was released in 2019, in this response, it wasn't really a study. It was more just a response. He actually does release his original data, but tries to dunk on lot by saying that you can't include incidents with more than one shooter. You go look at Langford's original data. What's in there? Columbine, 
I thought that doesn't count as a mass shooting because there were two guys who committed it. Or if he, if his data extended to 2015 uh, or whenever San Bernardino was, point is, would San Bernardino not count because there were multiple shooters? And it, it's not even an analytical, an ana, analytically logical point. Why would I care or why is it better to have one shooter versus multiple shooters in a mass shooting? I would prefer fewer shooters if I had to pick. So the point he's making, one, wasn't part of his original definition. And two, I, I'm, I fail to see how it's better. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that really is sort of the end of this debate. And to, the, to your original point, you know, I'm not even saying Lot's work is methodologically flawless or perfect. But you have to notice how one of these studies is universally cited by media uncritically as the truth. The other is a high quality challenge to it, at least as as quality as the original study. And you don't hear a peep. It's not even mentioned. You you, you can't even get a, a follow up sentence that says Lankford found that the U.S. is alone, comma, lot uh, challenged with a different uh, a different analysis. You will you won't even see that. You won't even get a, a qualifier in that way. And you you don't have to be a researcher. Matt and I, we're not researchers. You know, I don't spend my days combing over qualitative versus quantitative. Which one of these am I going to, you know, hitch my my jacket to? But you do need to do a little bit of fact checking. You know, they used to call it due diligence, you yeah. know, in law enforcement or media. And one of the issues is whatever Lankford did release about his study, uh, you know, you're thinking about the sources, NYPD. So NYPD is going to be at least New York centric or United States centric. Same thing with the FBI. And they didn't even deny that. They were like, oh, well, we we only kind of queried English uh, websites. That That's a good how, point. That how I, are you supposed to find crime yeah. in Africa and Asia and India and all these places in English? Like that's, that's ex- literally that's a, insane. That's exactly right. And I glossed over that point. So thanks for bringing it up. Um, The NYPD, that database actually discloses exactly the way that you're describing. We assembled this database, they say, by doing web searches in English. So you have two problems. Number one, you're not going to find NYPD might. (laughs) Right. You're not going to find new sources in a foreign language. And if you if you're looking at 1966 onward, you want to find foreign shooting incidents um, before the Internet. You think that there's going to be like a, a wide Internet archive of this information? Maybe. But you're probably going to have to find physical copies of news reports. And then you have, Mm -hmm. even if you do have that information, the idea that there's going to be quality reporting internationally, where you have all sorts of authoritarian regimes that are obviously going to suppress information that makes them look bad about say significant crime that they weren't able to stop a mass shooting, for example, um, you know, you have all. The, are, and, and, are you suggesting that China might not be forthcoming? Yeah, with their gun crime. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, it you, sounds conspiratorial. Yeah, I, I, you you would be wise not to trust uh, trust regimes like that. And my my favorite example of what was included or excluded, I uh, I, I barely even remember it because it's kind of long ago now, and I guess I was a little younger when it happened. But in Mumbai, India, in two thousand eight, you had like a dozen Pakistani militants. Uh, storm the city with boats and roll around with AKs and they shot hundreds of people. 
And that doesn't count, number one, because it's multiple shooters and because I guess it's terroristic in its motives. But we're supposed to look at an event, which they're horrible events. Don't get me wrong. A lone gunman going into a grocery store, going into a school and shooting uh, several people, you know, uh, a a dozen plus dead. That's horrible. But we're going to look at that and say, well, that's a unique U.S. problem. But but what happens in India, you know, a decade and a half ago where you have hundreds more done by a dozen men. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's that's, uh, I guess, bad, but it's it's not the same sort of ultimate problem that we have in the United States. I just I don't understand what logical standard there could be to say that. uh, That what happens in the U.S. is absolutely worse than an event like that. They're both awful, but they strike me as mostly the same sort of thing. People with guns mowing down other people indiscriminately. Yeah, it it discounts a bunch of things that it doesn't necessarily follow that they should be discounted. We're talking warlords and warring groups in Africa, and yeah. and, and it, like why why they just get a pass? So, and it, it's it's almost like, I mean, really, you should if you're going to do that, then you have to eliminate things like gang violence. You have to eliminate the big three crimes, drug trafficking, mm-hmm. human trafficking, arms trafficking, all of the crime ancillary to that needs to be eliminated to fit. Like we're bending over backwards to make the data say what, what Langford wants it to say, which is antithetical to science, but that's what the New York times and WAPO and the gang want. And everyone else is just, they're souping it up, man. It's freaking nuts. Yeah, it it is incredibly frustrating. And, uh, you know, I just it's it goes to show, too, it's it's not just in this context. Whenever you see the headlines just kind of uh, assume a talking point in lockstep like this, they all just kind of squawk and repeat the exact same claim of fact. You can you can almost always bet there's like one extremely sketchy source behind it that they all just have lined up to accept. And that's really frustrating. Oh, yeah. It's like. You know, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. It's not um, looking at this information. It's all out there. All right. Like I'm sitting in a in a slightly modified bedroom in Montana. OK, if you're at an office in The New York Times, you have more resources than I do. I guarantee it doesn't mean that you have to be like some data expert. But for the love of God, could we at least <laughs> could we at least look a little bit critically at the points that we're making to establish that they're substantiated? And in cases like this, they just don't. And that's why you have to always be so critical uh, when you see those kind of um, those talking points emerge, you know that that uh, there's a reason for that. And it's it's usually not that they're soundly established. In fact, it's some sort of political yeah, that, intent. That That's what we call a red flag, folks. Whether you're a radio listener, podcast listener, if you're here live, you, know, you guys are obviously smart people using terms in the chat that I'll just be honest. I don't know what that is. Uh, but um, that's a red flag. OK, that you we know that there's a propaganda war. And one of the ways to recognize propaganda is this consistent messaging. They've got their cards. They've got their lines. They've got the same pauses in the same spots. Bang your fist here. Cry <laughs> there. Deep breath here. And they're saying they're supposed to be competing interests. Okay. The press is supposed yeah. to, the press has constitutional protection because they're supposed to be holding the government, holding the authorities' feet to the fire. And now you see the script has been issued. So when you hear from every press source, Right and left, you'll see it on Fox too. Unfortunately, they're they're parroting the same bullcrap uh, most of the time. But you see it, and it's it's you know what they call wall to wall, wall to wall coverage. Every station, every any time of the day, you can turn it on, and you'll hear whatever that anchor is. 
they'll say the same things. That is a red flag. And that's what triggers guys like us to go and say, okay, where are they getting this data from? Yeah. And it's, it's really something that more Americans need to wake up to. It reminds me of, uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen the movie V for Vendetta. Uh, I have. In... It was great. I actually hadn't seen it until a few months ago uh, around Christmas, oh, wow. actually. Yeah, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel like you were watching like America 2025? Oh, the parallels were amazing. I mean, some some of it was like a little kind of, um, I would say like a little left wing in its slant, like some of the premises, you know, I suppose that like oh, yeah. the real fascists were like anti anti lesbian or anti gay or something like, you know, whatever. But yeah. but as far as the parallels, um, just broadly, regardless of the perspectives of the, the supposed authoritarians. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, it doesn't feel like we're too far off from the sort of fireworks show that happened at the end, you know. One of uh, my favorite parts of the movie is this is this is what Matt's doing in this video. In, in this video that I want you guys to all watch, become familiar with this. Ted Cruz, had he seen this, he would have handled that reporter much better uh, because facts don't care about your feelings. Hey, it's nonsense that we're the only country that deals with this. We have about three, four percent of gun crime worldwide. So of uh, this mass shooting bullcrap. No, that's not true. Uh, and what, 75 percent of international shootings there's no data it's not reported how many shooters there were so even when you're looking at the methodology you you can't pierce through you can't come to a true conclusion we're saying oh well uh we know this about one out of four shootings and the rest shot in the dark we're just going to omit them yeah that's exactly right and that's another point uh, that i'm glad you brought up that was um, a, a methodological question about Langford's approach, because when he says, see, all the single shooter shootings are in the U.S., so you've proved my point. Well, yeah, but you're exactly right. The The international data are sketchy. And so in a huge bulk of them, you don't know how many shooters there were. And so, again, it's like when you when you make this conclusion that single shooter mass shootings are an American phenomenon. Is that actually true as a matter of the data or because you're making this distinction based on the count of the shooters? And in most cases, we don't actually know the count of the shooters. Are you once again, just filtering for higher quality U S news that to the point that you've made is inherently biased toward U S stories. Of course, you're going to get more U S examples when U S information is much more detailed. Now, that appears to be what happened in this case. Yeah, we've got better reporters in the chat here. Uh, Lady Golden Dragon says, I have a hard time applying. It looks like uh, Hanlon's razor to Langford. And mm. I was just like, I don't know what that is. Uh, That's, so uh... that is never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to tuck that away. We're, we have better real-time reporting on the Joe Mobley show than on CNN. Uh, so well, and it's, it's, it's so hard. I mean, I, I, I share that uh, skepticism. And it's so hard, I think, just in a, a broader political context these days to hold on to that. I agree. I would like to assume good intentions. And I would like to offer good faith to people I disagree with. And I try to do that. However... Um, when there are so many, when, when, when the, uh, when it's repeated so many times, like how many repetitions do you get before you get to, uh, dismiss Hanlon's razor and say, okay, this is malice. And in the case of Langford, okay, you know, no studies are 
always flawed. There's no such thing as a perfect methodology or a perfect analysis. You make choices and you do the best that you can. And maybe Langford did that, but it's really hard to say that there's no dishonesty, no malice, number one, when you won't share the data. And then number two, when you do, that you still are as dishonest as to redefine your terms and say that it's so obvious and laugh in the face of your critics, even though your your new terms are not matched by your old terms in your original study. I mean, I don't know how to... I don't know how to say that's anything other than uh, a dishonest approach or a, a malicious actor in the way that she's describing. I can't say that he's just, you know, stupid or mistaken or bad at his job or something. It, it does appear like there were um, manipulative efforts that were made to reach a certain outcome. Oh, yeah. Langford did everything that he could to omit um, certain parts of Lot's data, just omit it whole cloth and then still claim that his data was supreme. Uh, his data was better, uh, which is kind of nuts, you know, and you, well, we're going to exclude everything. It, it, they're, they're saying the quiet part out loud. This is our yeah. hypothesis, uh, which is something you point out in the video. You know, it's when you get the talking point before the facts, then it's politics driving the data, not not data informing policy. Yeah. Um, yeah exactly. So, you know, th these are formulas and you hear this stuff over and over and over again, talking point, our democracy, the threat to our democracy. That's something you hear yeah. on every network. Hands up, don't shoot. Something you heard on every network. All these things cut one way. It's a leftist narrative cutting against Donald Trump, cutting against constitutional rights, cutting against anyone who doesn't agree with the narrative. Yeah. Well, and that's such an important point you brought up, too, and I, uh, I'm glad you did, about the politics driving the study. And what's interesting about this whole claim, Obama used to say this toward the end of his term all the time. All I know is this is a problem that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And the Washington Post at the time fact-checked it, gave it to Pinocchios and said, we just don't have data to substantiate this claim that this is a uniquely American problem. So if the president has support for that claim, we're happy to take a look at it. And then so they can fact check this that night. Barack Obama yeah. calls James Langford and says, listen, buddy, <laughs> we need a study. And yeah. hangs up the phone and <laughs> bada bing, and, bada boom. And I don't have, obviously, I don't have evidence to say that that happened. You know, I can't show, I can't say for sure it did, but it is notable just the way the timeline lines up. Obama makes a claim, media can't substantiate it. And shortly thereafter, you have this study emerge. And all of a sudden, what was a questionable or incomplete or unsubstantiated statement by the president is commonly accepted truth within a matter of just a couple of years. Uh, and it's it, interesting yeah. what does make it a little more likely than not. I mean, there's more evidence to support the claim that Obama called Langford than Langford's date is good. Because yeah. if you remember, WAPO asked several times and most people, they want their studies. Most people are hitting up the Washington Post to publicize their studies yeah. um, and to give them credence. They, they didn't answer the phone at all. Langford completely, you know, boxed out the Washington Post and instead gave the data with those weird exclusivity clauses to the New York Times. I, I think uh, it's exceedingly odd. I think in fairness to him, I, I, if I recall correctly, he did give his data to one Washington Post reporter under the condition they not share it. So mm. it was a similar situation. I don't think they published anything in the way the New York Times did. But to your, I mean, to the broader point that you're making, the data was shared only with friendly media outlets with the intent that they 
that they uh, forward a particular narrative with it, not that they share the raw information. And what was interesting is Lot tried to go to that Washington Post reporter and say, hey, I heard that you got the data. Can I have it from you? And that Washington Post reporter said, nah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the ownership rights are, are Langford's. And so I can't give you that, but you should, you could go to him and ask. And uh, Langford still said no. So, and that ties us back to yeah. the V for Vendetta point where my one of my favorite scenes of the movie is um, it's going down at the news station. Um, yeah. You know, he, he breaks into the news station and the, one of the anchors, reporters, whatever, um, he realizes, hey, this is big and we need to get control of the narrative. So he grabs the camera and they make the fake V dying scene. Yeah. But you can kind of see it. And as an American watching and living through uh, things like the 2020 election, living through lockdowns, living through this media onslaught of parroting messaging from whoever is writing the script and handing it down to them. It was kind of like watching it because we're kind of thinking, well, how can it be that all of these disparate networks are saying the same thing and have the same unverified sources, but then like watching them craft the news in V for Vendetta, it's, yeah. it's almost... It, it it seems familiar the first time you see it. And it's because Americans, we are living in that, minus the violets and the bio. Oh, well, maybe not minus the bio terror. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and see, this is why we get kicked off YouTube. Uh, so um, if you're well, watching on YouTube and, and we're leaving right now because they're taking us down, you got to go to Rumble. You got to go to Getter uh, uh, and watch there. Uh, so Matt, Matt's a busy man. Um, you, you got about a minute left and you're probably uh, going to get back to the grindstone and making your own content. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. What, what do you want to leave the audience with? Well, uh, just thanks for having me. And I hope, uh, I hope everybody takes a chance to look at that information and, you know, think critically about some headlines that they see. And, you know, that's the frustrating thing too. It's like, uh, you want everybody to look at this stuff critically, but it's not for most people. It's not easy to do. You can't, nobody has um, few people who are working, you know, an honest day's job are going to go home and sit down and look at a couple detailed studies for a few hours to try to separate what's true and to have the suppose the people who are supposed to be doing that job to inform them um, decide to propagandize rather than, than actually take that, that task seriously. It's really frustrating. So um, I just, uh, I appreciate everyone listening. And um, again, if you're interested in uh, my material, you can find it over at mattchristensenmedia.com. Uh, again, Christian, like the religion S E N Matt There's short form content there, long form content and, uh, making new stuff multiple times a week. So, uh, how often is your live show? Is it every, is it I do a lot. I do a no, just, uh, one Sunday night show for uh, a couple hours live on Sunday night. Um, when we're usually going through the news, uh, and, um, and occasionally we have guests as well. And then uh, Wednesday night, I do a stream as well that is just a call-in show. So that is just like a hit it and go talk to the audience. No prep. Just have fun. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Some really interesting Very calls. Very interesting conversations. Some totally off-the-wall calls. <laughs> the, if you're checking well, out my material, I would say... pretty good with the, would you rather have a racist... Was it something like a racist <laughs> Christian or a communist or something? Uh, yeah, that, it was that, like... That was interesting. Yeah, there was like a discussion about the racial identity of, of a communist. I can't even remember. Um, but yeah, the if you're checking was, out my material... I was team for, blonde. I was impossibly frustrated with that. <laughs> but sorry, go ahead. If you're, uh, if you're interested in checking out my material... Um, 
I would recommend against the Wednesday night stream as the entry point. Not, not as <laughs> it's just, you never know what you're going to get, you know? And I, I, I love doing it. It's fun to, to interact with the audience. We have so many great and loyal listeners and I appreciate that so much. Um, and that's kind of the fun of that show is like, all right, let's talk about some off the wall stuff. You know, uh, it's just, um, well, if you want researched and prepared, which is what we've been discussing in this segment, that's not where you go to get that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Matt Christensen of the Matt Christensen show and channel on YouTube. Thanks so much for joining us, man. I appreciate everything that you do. And, and I learned a lot about content creation from this guy. So hopefully, uh, hmm. hopefully my videos don't suck because I uh, <laughs> just don't suck. I don't know. That's how logic works. Maybe <laughs> I, I appreciate the kind words, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, take it easy, Matt. Guys, we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back into the Joe Mobley Show. Mm-hmm.